Einstein said that genius was just hard work. He said like the reason he was so accomplished in physics was because he just thought about it more than anybody else. And I just want to say that's the dumbest thing that Einstein ever said. <laughs> that's funny. Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. I have a friend of uh, a friend of the show coming over. I like how you think that's funny. Is the doctor that's funny? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I like to introduce myself as Mitch Burrow Esquire. Um, <laughs> because you know you don't have to be a lawyer to be Esquire. It's just like a you term just for put that it's there just it's like end. a term for gentleman. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like it's you're not legally like it's not like you don't gotta go to school to be an Esquire. Uh -huh. It's just like <laughs> Mitch Burrow, gentleman. Mitch Burrow, Esquire. So you go, well, go you, ahead, be a doctor. I don't care. You know, Dr. Dre, I don't think, has a PhD or an MD, and he gets along fine. He <laughs> probably has, like, an honorary doctorate in, right, in from the music or, now, though. Yeah, that's like, true. Hey, well, so. hey, he's got a billion dollars, and I don't. So I don't think, I, don't think uh, I should criticize too much. So I listened to an episode <laughs> of your podcast. I just oh, wanted awesome. to say that. Uh, right. it was, you had my best friend on as a guest. Uh, the last one, right? The one we just put out. Um, was uh -huh. that Monica? Navy? Yeah. Yep. That yeah, was that it. was such a weird coincidence because we recorded the episode and then like a day later, she <laughs> she's like on the road going like woo on the road. She yeah, told we, me she was going on tour, but not we had here. a great time. Uh, we just spent. Uh, well, she'll if they listen to it, she said where we went, but it was it was hail in a car for like seven or eight days, but we made it back and we're still best friends. So awesome. But I enjoyed it. It was where'd great. you go? I I saw. It's kind of out of the way somewhere. Upper Peninsula, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then we like stopped in Nebraska on the way back, and like we were just everywhere. I don't know why, but the second most listened to city for this podcast after LA is Madison, Wisconsin. Really? I don't know what's going on there, but shout you, out to Madison. Like there was probably a comedian who uh -huh. has fans, and because it's a big comedy city. Okay. So that's probably like they, they just, just latched on and just kept listening because you're so good at what you do. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Now I want to go record an episode in Madison for just that reason, I guess. Um, I've never I wonder been there. if I'm the least educated person who's ever been on this show. Nah. Well, it know. doesn't. I mean, How, are you what? GD? GED. GD? Yeah, you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I wanted, that's why I like this show. We have GD all the way up to three Nobel Prize winners. So we span the yeah, spectrum. She, she said, uh, Monica said, like the episode after her, you had like a, a Nobel Prize yeah, winner. Yeah, I wanted her to be on that one too, just because I, I like to have, you know, comedian in. Um, you couldn't get but, a scientist in here today to like do like a battle of wits with me, like GED I, I versus PhD? I almost did. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been doing these solo ones and they actually work out pretty well. So, um, We'll see. I don't know. They can be a little dry. But... Let's just grab a book off of your uh, your shelf there, and you can start quizzing me on things. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's try. When I know, <laughs> for real, you want me to try that? No. All right. <laughs> do, do you understand? Like for me, science is no different than magic or religion. Mm -hmm. Like I, I listen to what you people will say, 
And then I'll be like, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's just the exact same as like Lombardi Leviosa or something that Hermione's yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like there's no, like once you start talking about certain things, like once it gets past anything that I can physically see, like mechanics I get. Mm-hmm. Mechanics, I like. I can see that. I see how a gear turns and it turns another gear, and those ratios make sense to me. But so you have like mechanical intuition. I think yeah, sure. But, Which is great because a lot of scientists don't have that. But, and holy cow, is that that's awkward. But even like w- once you get into like computers, mm-hmm. dude. Computers are magic. That's all I know. Like, <laughs> that's I just my know, favorite like, part about science, though. I want it to stay that way. I love how it's magic. My, I was the, uh, the worst thing that happens right now is that we don't change. Is always gradual, and so we never get to just we never get to go and do like a, where you just discover a new thing and it seems like magic because it's so brand new. Yeah. You know, like uh, I'd love to send an iPhone to you know nineteen eighty two or something, just blow someone's mind with it or something. Well, you could still do that if they didn't release one every year, right? <laughs> That's like if the iPhone would have came out and then they would have waited for the <laughs> iPhone 10 <laughs> instead of releasing the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 at the same time <laughs> and skipping that, the 9. I watched that part of the press conference too where he like said, and now the thing you've all been waiting for. <laughs> and then it's just like, it's another phone, yeah, just like the one I just talked about, but yeah, it costs more. It doesn't like they're they're trying to get so much every year. Like wait, wait a couple years, and then and then we'll be like, what? Like you can you can uh, use your fingerprint to unlock it. That's amazing. Uh, right? Like well, I, when Siri came out, that was like, oh, you can get her to like tell you jokes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you worried that your uh, that your career as a comedian might be over if computers start doing it? No, because no computer would ever admit to being a Republican, and I, like <laughs> I'm just I'm like riding this. That's not true. We talked about that. Up. We we talked about this uh, on Monica's episode. That a they, compu- they make oh, robots. That's right, you they, did. Yeah, they go like straight for the jugular. Yeah, they were they, like becoming white nationalists. Yeah, and oh, <laughs> the straight neo Nazis. Even they didn't even mince words. <laughs> they were that's, just that's kind of that's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, man. Like, that's maybe that's the trick. As a robot, you can be like, "Hey, are you? Do you have like mild and reasonable beliefs?" And then if it does, then you know it's a real human because that's a, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to exist anymore. There's like Antifa robots and Nazi robots and <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, that's right. So I I wanted to like be impressive mm-hmm. and come on with like a cool story in the physics world. Awesome. Um, so I guess they teleported light recently uh-huh have you did you read about that or uh well i've re- it's happened a lot so i don't Jesus. know which one which story you're reading about. but uh <laughs> you're let like, me let me look te- it up we've been teleported the well there's that and then i guess so this kind of falls into like quantum physics mm-hmm. with like teleporting yep. data yep absolutely and like uh i guess some chinese scientists teleported data into space uh-huh does yeah, that, I, that does ring a bell. And now, they've been putting a lot of money into if this. If you can too. explain that to me. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> I can try. What's the difference between <laughs> that and just, like, uh, satellites shooting signals and stuff? Okay, so this is a we- one of the weirdest parts of quantum mechanics is this idea of entanglement. This is what it's called. And uh, this is against Einstein's theory of relativity, No, right? it hasn't yet. I mean, it kind oh. of is and it kind of isn't. Because there's no evidence that information travels faster than the speed of light. So... <laughs> So it still preserves that rule, but okay. there's hints that it might 
have something to do with not following Einstein's rules. Although what's kind of funny is there's a lot of work on this total opposite end having to do with black holes mm-hmm. where uh, people are like really advanced physics, like string theories, looking at possibilities that entanglement is actually evidence of teeny tiny uh, wormholes popping up uh, into existence. That might actually be the generation of it. Yeah. So it might actually be Einstein's theory predicts <laughs> quantum weirdness, but that that's a totally open case right got now. Got it. Okay. So, and, and these guys have been arguing. <laughs> I say got it, but I have no idea what you're <laughs> well, talking like, about. All the main, like it's the same debate that's been going on with Einstein since the beginning. Cause he had this nice, beautiful theory for, for, uh, for gravity. Yes. And it worked really well, but he also, his Nobel Prize is actually in the area related to quantum mechanics, and he did a lot of work with that, but he just hated it. And unfortunately, that hatred has persisted in that, like, people want it to go away, but you can't get quantum weirdness to go away. Let me explain the sending data, though. Okay, so you can what you can do is you can entangle two different particles so you can like in this case you can entangle a photon of light you know how light is now uh, when you say little... entangled is mm-hmm. that just like your hair getting like tangled up like it's, what is entanglement it's kind of like that it's like the information about it gets tangled up and we don't know exactly where it gets tangled i'm gonna ask the questions that all of america is wanting, <laughs> wanting to be like people are too afraid to ask neil degrasse tyson the things that'll really help him understand i think he loves these so, kind of questions like, though i don't know <laughs> like is it just like a, a string being tied in it like all bent you know how like you get your extension cords uh-huh. and you put them o- oh christmas lights right uh-huh. so you got your christmas lights and you put them away and then christmas comes around so you pull them back out a year later and then they're all tangled up it's it's is a that lot entanglement? like that yep okay. sort of yes and absolutely no you're welcome america <laughs> so it take, it's kind of like that in that these two states share a property but you don't know where that state comes from so it's a lot like christmas lights in that you can tell when a christmas light you know where it's all tangled together you can't pull it apart but if you just pull harder it doesn't make it go away you have to actually find the spot where it is and unwind it and that's exactly what happens in quantum mechanics these states keep uh interacting with each other and then grabbing a bit of information from one of the states and then they can be split by a huge amount of difference Mm -hmm. but as soon as you measure one the other one becomes uh, also measured and so it's sort of like uh no matter how pull, it's a lot like this like no matter how far you pull your christmas lights yeah if there's a knot in there somewhere you know you're, you're gonna run into it at some point no matter what like just pulling them further and further apart doesn't untangle you actually have to to go and like uh discover the tangledness from the beginning <laughs> Uh, you, you're actually confusing me now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why I didn't make it past a GED. I can even confuse a physicist. Well, so, I like, like, I like it. you're like, well, I didn't do past GED, but uh, how does the whole fucking universe work? <laughs> That's just your hey first man, question. I still like, want to learn things. I still want to know. All right? Okay, was, but one of the coolest things is that this property is interesting to China and a lot of other places because um, it gives it rise to something called uh, quantum encryption, which uh, is that... Uh, what basically happens is that since you know that you, we now have the ability to tell if a photon or a signal has been measured by looking at the other end. So even at a distance, which is super strange, but that's just how it works. We can and tell- so people are trying to see if they can send a signal and see if anyone eavesdropped on the signal. Okay, so you can tell if a photon has been measured by looking at the other end. Yeah. How big is a photon? Well, that's part of what's weird about this is that 
they don't really have a size. And what's crazy about it going to space <clears throat> is that it kind of implies this thing called the wave function of a photon. That's what we call it in, uh, in quantum mechanics. Extends all the way from the ground all the way to space and maybe just all throughout the universe. And that's an upsetting idea because <laughs> it's like, it's basically saying that there's a field's all around us obviously the listeners can't see but i am clenching my face like i have a migraine (laughs) headache right now i why can't we see photons then if they're that big that is what we see we see photons what do you mean you're seeing photons right now that's all we see you literally only see photons i understand now okay but why don't they look big always on drugs that's Look at all the photons, man. Photons is what comes out of light and enters our eyes. And uh, they do something called wave function collapse when they get measured. Uh And they literally collapse inside. So that means like the entire wave function turns to roughly the size of a point inside the back of your retina. And you it sends a signal to your brain and you register that you saw it. And that's we're doing that like millions of times, billions of times a second. Uh, but it you know, that's why it was, it was so shocking when we started figuring out that there were photons out there because, and it was Einstein's, uh, uh, his Nobel prize work that really proved that, um, is that he showed that like <laughs> light wasn't like this string of stuff. It, it didn't prove anything to me. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I guess if you say so. Well, so the, before that they thought white light was just a wave. So it was like, you know, ocean water coming and hitting our eye and then we'd focus it on the back and okay. that was like a continuous stuff and you could cut it in half and then you'd have half as much and you cut that half and you could have half as much. But it turns out that, and this is where the word quantum comes from, that, that light is quantized. It, it never shows up in just random amounts. It always shows up one photon at a time, but it spends all the other time acting like a wave. Hmm. And that's the that's related to the weirdness uh, of quantum mechanics. It's like, why does it act like a wave one time, and then suddenly it just decides to be a particle right when it's convenient? And, and then it even got weirder when it turns out uh, we are ourselves <laughs> these waves, and that, we're also quantized like that. That makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. And then gravity. This year we found out gravity actually has waves. Yep. yep. Which was like, it waves. was... It was yeah. theorized about. I I read a lot. That of, was who was going to be on the episode the, the week after. Was, oh really? Yeah, he was he was going to win the Nobel Prize the next day, so we it would release to the day. I won. read a lot of headlines on Reddit, uh-huh. so I don't really get into the articles. I just I know when things happen, right? <laughs> so good. I know that we know that gravity is in waves now, but what that means again, I don't know why that matters. Um, <laughs> well. Is that the is that a scientist paging you on your <laughs> probably? <laughs> um, Why aren't you in a laboratory right now? Why I'm, aren't you? Work- I'm unemployed. Oh my actually. god! Yeah, is that a, a bad thing? Um, it's good and bad. Is, is it like a choice that you've made? Um, half. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't mind being unemployed. I like it, and I get to do a lot of comedy stuff and podcast stuff, and I'm still working on papers and stuff, but. You know, my salary was so low as a grad student, it didn't matter. It's <laughs> are you um, are you, are you published in anything? Yeah, in fact, that's one of the reasons I didn't have a scientist. Is one of my papers just got published two days ago. That's awesome. Very excited about that. Did you know That'll that? That'll hopefully help me get a job. Maybe we'll see. I just watched um, in Madison, maybe <laughs> Manhunt, uh-huh. uh, the Unabomber on yeah. Netflix. Ted Kaczynski, uh, the Unabomber. He, he was a smart guy. He was right? published like. 12 times uh-huh. <laughs> he was he was a certified genius 
He went to Harvard at 16. Mm-hmm. And he was, I don't, <clears throat> I think he went for mathematics. So yeah, not, yeah. not physics, not physics, but yeah, they're a little bit more nuts, but he, uh, Just barely. <laughs> he was, he was involved in that MK ultra project. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with no, that? No, I'm not. That's where the CIA got together with, uh, this Harvard professor and they were doing like interrogations on their students uh-huh. and, and Ted Kaczynski was one and they were dosing them with LSD <laughs> and you, you look Luckily, at like, there were no side effects. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, I mean, they created the Unabomber without a doubt, in my opinion. Like, uh-huh. I mean, obviously there was like a, a, a tipping point. Or maybe he's just drawn to great experiments, you know? No, he know. was tricked. <laughs> into it that uh, was one of the things like he was he was tricked into it and it, it was like you got to watch the the show it okay. was great but I'll watch it but he was a he was a g like a 165 iq or something like that which again that's another thing where i'm like what does that really mean yeah it doesn't because i took one on the internet and i'm like i'm like 150 something <laughs> so you came out of it going like i really want to buy geico insurance for some reason <laughs> yeah or like uh i feel oh, like I, I, could, I could blow things up you know like i'm almost speaking of blowing almost things as up, smart as the unabomber you are were you a marine i was you were yes. a marine. i guess you're always a marine. once a marine you're always, always a marine. marine no yeah. matter how fat you get that's what i say <laughs> that's awesome one of my co-authors uh on the paper that just came out is also a marine but wow. he has a phd so, oh, you, you guys span the spectrum. He, also, was he an officer in the Marine Corps then, or did he go to school after he? After he was. Um, he was. He went in the middle of being uh, an undergrad. Okay. He went to Iraq in um, 2005, I think. What was your paper on? Oh, it was on uh, Fierce interference um, in neutron beta decay, which is like what my thesis is about. So let me just break that big title down. Oh, I'll explain right. it totally differently. It so on one end. Gravitational waves are. T- we just saw these two neutron stars colliding. Do you know what a neutron star is? Have you heard of this? Um, it's like a. It's like I'll a, let you explain. I, right. I obviously know, but I'll let you explain it to the listeners. Okay, who don't. so a neutron star is made by gravity, not by nuclear physics. It's where gravity gets so extremely strong that it pulls atoms themselves into each other, and they collapse so much that they all the electrons and charged particles in your body all collapse into to neutral particles called neutrons and the stuff is extremely dense so like one teaspoon weighs as much as mount everest it's, that's how dense it is, is it almost like a black hole it's about it's the as far as we know the closest thing you can get to a black hole without actually being a black i completely hole. understand and gravity is like it's like just a little bit weaker on the surface than on the the entrance to a black hole. Okay. So a black hole is a, we don't actually know if there's a state in between neutron star and gravity. There might a uh, black hole. There might be like there's some weird ones called like quark stars and stuff like that. But anyway, for the most part, it's just once a star re- is just ready to get turned into a black hole, it if it doesn't have enough mass, it just hovers at this uh, this level um, where it's a neutron star. Okay. Okay, so these two neutron stars, when they collide, they make like tons of heavy metals. Like all our gold, for example, all the gold on Earth comes from this process, two neutron stars colliding. And there's gold. So we know that that's part of our history is that at some point, you and I were, parts of us might have been inside of a neutron star. Um, So when they do this, they give off gravitational waves. And the experiment I'm doing, that's the extremely heavy side. My work was on the really, really, really light side where a single neutron uh, interacts and instead of giving off a gravitational wave, it gives this quanta 
what what, it, what we're looking for is to see does it give off a, a single it's like the photon version of something that looks a lot like gravity which we call uh uh call them tensor particles that's going to be not really help anybody on this <laughs> can but, i just say if yeah. you were talking about farts i would be making so many jokes right now <laughs> And people would be like, man, this Mitch guy, he is a genius. He He's just so quick-witted. But you're talking about this, and they're just like, did he leave? What happened to the guest? Why is it that, just That Kevin is talking? the boundary we straddle on the show all the time. It's like, uh, are we going to talk about this uh, no prize winning thing or farts again? And usually farts wins. So, all right, so That's important, though, in science right now. That is, that is a hard area to be in. Farts? It's, well... <laughs> <laughs> just the irreverent and the offensive and the educational at the same time is like well, a no-go zone right we now. We don't worship scientists yeah. in our culture. So it's hard to like, like, I don't know how Neil deGrasse Tyson got popular. Mm-hmm. Well, I do because he's a smart ass. That's mm-hmm. how he got popular by, by going on to Twitter and telling people that their movie idea was stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. And people are like, Oh, he's, he's schmarmy. I like that. <laughs> right. But like, there's no, like, like what you're talking about is probably super fascinating. And there are parts of it that could probably really affect and change the way that we live. But you're not famous. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, like, yeah. why don't you, why don't you like get a good Instagram account and, and sell some makeup? And then, like, people will listen to what you have to say. That's true. That's, yeah. that's the problem. Like, we don't... Maybe maybe there are, like, societies in, in the world, in, on this planet, that, that kind of look up to and admire science and, and, and teaching. There are and, some. I mean, I, you know, it's gotten a lot better since I've... As time goes on, I think we're a more pro-science society than when I was a kid. You know, like, when... In, in like, ancient Greece... Right, like they really looked up to their philosophers and and scientists, like that. Those and, like the rock and, and stars. Art. Yeah. yeah, that was the people. But here's the thing: they got to a certain point where everyone could understand it, mm-hmm. and like it made sense, right? So they were like, "Wow, this is amazing that you came." I totally understand what you what you guys do now. <laughs> nobody fucking understands what you're talking <laughs> it's about. Magic, so you're just yeah. like, man, these these nerds. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go watch Johnny Knoxville and those guys shove toy cars up their butts. <laughs> That's why you always have to have a go-to what application, a, though. Like, what a great relevant reference! I just came up with yeah. a jackass movie from <laughs> ten years ago. Very topical. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why we always have to have a, like a go-to thing because at some point somebody's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Why the hell should I care about what you're talking about?" And then we'll throw in something like. Oh, neutrino phones. They let you talk through the earth or something like that. And then people are like, oh, okay. That okay. actually sounds very interesting. <laughs> there you go. So that's what we... Talk There's through the There's always a technology that comes out of all of this stuff. So that's always very important. A phone that you can talk through the earth. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, I when I was young, I tried to dig a hole from where it's I lived to like, China. I don't want to... I don't have clearance, but I'm just saying that's probably how subs talk to each other. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm probably going to be killed now for saying that. Well, but I don't have any special knowledge. Just kind of an open secret. Um, Do you clear? Yeah, yeah. Don't answer. Not no. I used to have a top secret clearance, (laughs) Uh uh, and I I don't have one anymore because I I left the the work that I was doing that required that. But here's what's interesting: my mother is from England. Uh huh. Uh, 
she I can hear it in your accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Where are you from again? You're from Florida, England, Georgia. Is that <laughs> is that what you mean? Uh, I'm from Georgia, Georgia, from okay. outside of uh, Athens, uh, real country area. But my mom joined the Navy so she could get her citizenship, right? Um, and and then she gave up her British citizenship so that she could get a top secret clearance. I like years later am going through the thing to get my top secret clearance, and they they see in the paperwork that my mom was originally born in england so now they come up with this whole other thing where they're like oh i was just going for a secret by the way not toxic and they start they give me another 10 pages of shit to like go just through it, she's, to uh, go through with my mom because she was born and and then i just come up to her and i'm like this is her top secret clearance reference number mm-hmm. we don't need to do the rest of this stuff <laughs> like she's already got the a clearance higher than what I'm trying to get. And they were like, <laughs> we got to follow the rules. Go ahead and fill all that paperwork out. Look, there are families. There are spy families. That's a real thing. Wouldn't that be so cool? Uh, I the mean, Americans I, on FX. Yeah. Like, that. there you go. Right? That's like, a real thing, though. Like, I work in Los Alamos. I, a lot of this research I did was at Los Alamos. There's people who do that. Like, they warn you about that. Even when you don't have clearance. Like, do they're they like, their- there's people who, like, just live there who you think they bring their kids up into it too yeah like, yeah like, absolutely like, hey, this is like the long i know you like living in pasadena <laughs> but we're doing this for mother russia <laughs> and the kids are like i just sometimes wanna, they're not I even play baseball sometimes there's a great show on netflix i don't remember the name now but there's a good one where it's about a family like that, where the kids find out like oh my but it wasn't spies they were they were just uh selling they were american spies and it was their their family business to sell secrets and this is on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, and the guy's in prison now, and then his son got... <laughs> I gotta figure one. out what that gotta, was. Yeah, I got her too. There, um, there is... Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Oh, it was CNN. All right. Yeah, it was a declassified show, CNN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was declassified as the show at CNN. Really interesting. Um, has a bunch of stories about real American spies. Um I only watch Parts Unknown on CNN. Yeah, is that a popular? It's Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. like 20 ads a day for it. Dude, it's, CNN really wants me to watch that show. It's so good. It's so good because it's just him going to different countries, eating their food, and then talking about how great that country is. It's it's awesome. That sounds awesome. Did you like traveling when you... Yeah. When you traveled? Yeah, I uh, I traveled uh, all over Asia when I was in the Marine Corps. I've gone to uh, Central America as a civilian now, and uh, and I tour the country as a comedian. So that's, that's, awesome. that's like you my favorite international part. shows. No, I haven't yet. Um, I really want to get into like either USO tour or some kind of military mm-hmm. thing. Oh yeah, the like, last guest uh, Ken Gar, who you know, yeah, he was on. Yeah, he, he just did a USO. Tour. And then oh, I, no, it wasn't USO, but it was it was like it. Yeah. And then I also would like to. I know like there's a really popular comedy club in Hong Kong mm-hmm. that a lot of Americans go to and perform, and it's English speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be awesome, dude. I love traveling. To get I'll, into. I'll open for you. <laughs> okay. I hope I get to the point where you can open for me. <laughs> right. That'll be great. You can you can fight Monica Nevy over it. Uh, <laughs> or, actually, we'll probably be fighting over opening for her. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That's how I met her is she opened for me. And now like I would ask her like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> remember the time you opened for me? Can you uh, can you return the favor? It's can so I- <laughs> funny. Like, I mean, like we're, we're She's very a lot funnier than me. So. We're different. So like I, I enjoy having her open for me because it's, there's nothing that's going to come up uh, the same in our acts. But there will be some shows and like 
it it just depends on what's going on. I might open for her sometimes, but for the most part, uh, we 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 just switch back and forth. But there will be times when she'll go up and she'll have an okay set, and then I'll go up and I'll murder. But then, like when we were in Minnesota or no Wisconsin, she had the best set ever. And then I got up there, and they were just like, "Well, this is nice, but we really enjoyed that <laughs> that other comedian so much more." You know, like it. That, it she was. Did she come after? Like now, I have become the master. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was like, "I'll book the I'll book the tour next time. <laughs> you can you can ride with me everywhere." Um, I, okay, I do have some science news. Okay. This is what I thought we were going to talk about. Please. fine. I did not mean to railroad this thing. That's all right. No, that's great. Uh, if, if that doesn't happen, I wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about myself all day. Uh, this is really exciting, actually, to a lot of people. Um, we talk about alien life on the show a Ooh. lot, particularly panspermia, which is a hilarious name, but is also like a real legitimate theory of or not a theory it's a possibility of this this idea that life actually is is everywhere like it spreads like through bacteria and then evolution occurs after the the bacteria land on a planet Mm -hmm. and the main motivation for this is just that life appears really really fast after the earth cools like really quickly and that confuses a lot of people because we don't see evidence that you know we don't see evidence of that really anywhere else so but it's where a little... are we gonna see that at well that's the big mystery is there's you know, only get... only places with water because every time we we do know the life needs water and we got to find those plants that are in the the goldilocks zone yep yeah right? for the far ones yeah for yes the far ones um but this is where this week's but we can't go to those in any kind of short amount of time we can go to our neighboring moons like and we're planning to like europa and enceladus which we've talked about on the show a lot they're ice moons that have liquid water underneath from mm-hmm. volcanic activity which is really exciting that there's a lot of like there's a lot of liquid water nearby but if we want to see like other planets it's not going to happen in our lifetime right now because they're like you know there's thousands of years off you gotta get frozen yeah (laughs) and just go to sleep for a few hundred years while you travel there well maybe not maybe it will come to us and we can study it and that's That's what today's terrifying well this is the big news uh for the first time uh an asteroid from outsider solar system Yes. did a flyby near the I read, earth I, yeah. I read about that and it, w- it was something about like the path that it was taking it, it lets really... us know that it, it's not in our solar system right. like, yeah. here's, it... a, here's a little animation of it um, it was on what's called a hyperbolic orbit yes what, and nothing can come, at it. and nothing on a hyperbolic orbit can come from within the solar system so do so... you think it was just traveling through and then when it hit that because if, if you look at the the thing that you're showing me that shows its, its path it's going through and then it comes across the sun and then it takes like a hard left turn right exactly do you think like the sun's gravity like that, pulled it that's absolutely what happened. that's what happened yeah so and th- so the sun was pulling it at really high speed it actually sped up quite a bit as it comes in and then it makes that hard turn but the fact that it goes off to a straight line, that's how we know that it's from outside the solar system. Oh, okay. So that's, the sun sped it up. So like so normal like everything Ooh, normally it, it did. It like scooted right. Yeah, wow. It so first if you look at this thing, wow, Venus, you lucked out. <laughs> yeah, totally. It should have like just <laughs> It, it came really close to the Earth and to Venus. And well, actually, yeah, like looking at it, it actually is is the closest to Earth 
where it like comes in it hits the sun it turns hard left and then it's like boom it was like right next to it was between our orbit and mars's orbit mm-hmm. that's so now why do we think we can s- study something well, from this so there's two reasons why these things are really important to know about okay one also i talk about the show a lot is planetary defense which is we don't planetary defense is just this idea that like look one out of ten species went extinct goes extinct because an asteroid hits the earth oh yeah it's a really rare thing but it's Mm -hmm. also like actually pretty likely to destroy all life on earth so those two weigh towards each other to make it a very legitimate thing to want to study yes like uh, just ask the dinosaurs yeah exactly like neil degrasse tyson says this all the time that he says the dinosaurs didn't have a space program (laughs) (laughs) he said that's the main reason and for me that's a really important reason it's like we need rockets to be able to deflect these things but at the same time, it all they can also answer us a lot of questions. Um, like maybe we'll see one of these coming in early enough, we'll actually be able to study it or capture it or send a probe to it and find out like is there. Then this is when we can then look and see, look, try and test panspermias. Are there microbes on this thing that are not even from Earth? That's that would be really exciting. And then we'll send a group of oil riggers up there to. We'll train them to be astronauts, and they can drill into it and and blow it up. Which, by the way, is totally how I'd do it. That's what I. As opposed to training astronauts how to drill. Drill right. You just see that, like, okay, I'm flying the space shuttle, but what the hell is a jackhammer? I love that. Bruce Willis was so convincing and like, no nah, man, you'll break the bit and then what are you gonna do? Right? Like, oh, he's got a point. He's got a point. Those astronauts, they yeah. don't know how much pressure to apply to a drill bit. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. I hope... Uh, no, but that's the mechanical intuition you're talking about. A lot of scientists don't have it, but you know, there's enough of them that, you know, that you'd be fine sending them up. Under. How do we know that that's not being steered? How do we know that Steered? that wasn't... Like that's like, not a craft or something? Yeah, how do we know that that um, wasn't just guided? Well, so once it was discovered, which, by the way, was discovered by um satellite called... I'm mean, sorry, um, by a telescope called PanStars, which is... How long ago, by the way? Really recent, and that's why it's scary. Because... Okay, that's why these things are so important I to I don't study. believe them. They've been seeing that thing coming in, and they've been sweating bullets. They knew that we were about to die, but, <laughs> but they know <laughs> not to say anything, because it would be complete pandemonium. This thing's in Hawaii, though. Do you do you know anybody in Hawaii who could hold that kind of that kind of secret for that? Yeah, long? they had to get a they they <laughs> the they their mother gave up their citizenship in England so that they could <laughs> get a clearance. I know all about it. Like they, I used to work at the telescope area where they have these things. Would you Man, have said? Those... Would you have leaked something to TMZ? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> would, you, would you have been like, hey? I, I think what I do is I'd like. Uh, if I thought it was going to kill everyone, I don't know. I do. I I don't even want to say what I do. Um, I want to keep that personal. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of good stuff, right. for, for all of my friends and family is what just, I assume you were going to yeah, say. Just positive energy. Yeah. Things. <laughs> just make sure I go to but, heaven. But, but I've also been to these telescopes. I mean, they're like eating ramen from a microwave. It's like the least secure place you oh, could really? imagine. Yeah. And so they see I mean, this thing, and they were just like, ah. Did they like, see literally? It that would be the best thing that could ever happen. Is that they discover something that the entire world gives a shit about? <laughs> did, did they see it before or after it passed us? They saw it before, and it was on uh, October 19th. Oh. But we get hit by stuff that we don't see. That still is a problem. That's where we need to get this planetary defense 
up and running where we we need to see it like i saw a big months bright, before it bright even green here. light coming down yeah. the other day that's that's an asteroid that that's like ast- a yeah. or a comet or could whatever. be a comet well it's hard to say it could be one or the other meteorite yeah if Meteor. it's green i think it's probably uh meteor but i saw that and i was like boy we you know that could have been the it end. happens yeah no one the knew. one that hit um russia and siberia that was that they didn't no one knew that was coming and it just hit the sky and it was huge i think that was uh that was a spaceship they were doing a flyby to see how we would react and we failed now the next time they come <laughs> they're gonna kill us all yeah. How fast be. was that thing going, by the you way? You know, I don't know. Uh, my guess is about 50,000 miles an hour, but that's just is that intuition. It? Uh, uh, it's going faster than what's called the escape velocity of the sun. That's how it... Which means it can escape. That's yeah, what it's called. Um, <laughs> just recently, the first man-made object escaped the uh, the the solar system. Yeah and, we had, yeah, and we had the guy on the show. God, you yeah, get such cool guests. Yeah. And then, I've and known then him for a long time. He's a I'm here. Of I've been on two episodes <laughs> of Punchline. He got a he got an award from uh, Stephen Colbert on his show. Jeez. Like, he went to be a guest, and they just surprised him with this NASA Lifetime Achievement Award. So just so you know, the, the object's called A-2017-U1. slash I, I don't know why they get, I guess. Hey, it was... We discovered it. You won or something. It's like <laughs> these things never have nice like hurricane names. You know, they don't oscillate between well, well women and because man scientists names. don't name hurricanes. That's true, right? <laughs> like it's just scientists. Are yeah, like, we're gonna get a write-in campaign for meteorologists. Just like Sci- we're scientists too. Guys. They, they name they name these the same way I name my podcast episode. Uh-huh. It's just zero 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 one zero 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 two. They that was just the same. It was like A one U one, and then the next will be A one U two, and then they'll just keep going through. What is your podcast called, by the way? Why don't you oh, tell us I about it? I have a podcast called uh, We're with Them. It's a political podcast that I do with another marine. Corps veteran who is a Democrat, mm-hmm. and then I have another podcast called uh, uh, "What If" with Mitch Burrow and Mike Cummings. He's uh, one of my oldest friends, and we just talk about like, like, what if you could live forever? Uh, what if aliens existed? What if uh, someone paid you five million dollars to go to prison for five years mm-hmm. for them? So, right? uh, except for that last one, it's basically the same conversation we're having here. Yeah, sort of. You know, <laughs> I'm just ripping you off, man. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, this you want to know when it was discovered? It was discovered on October nineteenth. Yeah, really recently, and that is um, just not <laughs> enough time. Uh, and but they're studying, you know, near Earth objects, things that might normally they're looking for asteroids that share an orbit with Earth regularly. Mm-hmm. And so that we might be run the, into one of those. That'll probably too, be but. the the planet killer, one that comes from outside of yeah. our solar system because we can't yeah. predict it. They're the hardest to find, yeah, because they just they're flying at you at the fastest possible. So they they're just coming out from any random direction. They and, see uh, it on October nineteenth. When mm-hmm. does it pass us? Uh, I think it already passed us. Uh, right, but like, when did that happen? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Some scientist you yeah, are. Yeah, I know. I got to start memorizing this. Uh, I think it's already gone. And uh, it's closest point that would have been two weeks. No, no, that's not true. It was closest on September 9th. Oh, which so, is my birthday. Wait, actually. so we we saw yeah. it after it went by. Yes, which is even worse. Yes, of course. <laughs> it actually, that's a common problem. I'll show you why in this had picture. It, had it hit the us. reason is because uh, one of our blind spots is the sun, which yeah. makes sense. So, like, if an object comes from behind the sun, mm-hmm. you can't 
aim a telescope at the daytime. You gotta side, get so. those eclipse glasses on your <laughs> on your telescope. <laughs> well, the or you need some satellites. You need satellites that are like co-orbiting with Venus, you know, or the Earth. Yes. and that they send. They are looking too, but that takes money. That's smart. <laughs> I I should have thought about the that. The one that hit um, Russia was the same way. It was not detected because it came from the blind spot. It came from the sun side. And, you know, there's not much you can do about that. Man. <laughs> it's like telescopes don't work during the day. So uh, we're going to we're going to die because of an asteroid. But what's exciting about this is that with only a few years of looking, we finally found one that came through. And even though this is only one, that's still more frequent than people thought that this would happen. So a lot of scientists are excited that there's actually like. Well, excited slash scared that this is a more common thing than we originally thought. Did we think, did we always think and, that there were like objects just floating through space? Yeah, we, yeah, we knew there was some amount, but nobody knows like how often it happens. And they just, they just go through solar systems and just, yeah. the gravity of that star pulls it in another direction and it just continues. Mm -hmm. And it just goes until it randomly scatters off some other star somewhere a billion years later. And then it might hit something and destroy an entire yeah. civilization. Yeah. Cool. Although, the reason this is exciting for panspermia, though, is because uh, one of the things this thing like this can do is, uh, is go through something like the E-ring of Saturn, which is an enormous structure. I mean, it's like, it's like hundreds of Earths wide a really big diffuse cloud of little particles of ice from from the from a moon in, of saturn enceladus and if there's life on enceladus there's probably life on those little particles they're probably not alive at right. the moment but i mean they the dna and the cells from those things are probably there so you can imagine that if this is a common occurrence like an asteroid like uh, this a2 uh, 2017 u1 just you know if it happened to fly through really close to Saturn and went through that ring. Pick some stuff it up. Just pick some stuff up and go like, you know, it's like the, the solar system version of a bee going to a pollinating flower, pick some stuff up and then eventually we'll go and hit some other planet. And Maybe. I'm pretty sure this is all just a, a program. Like we're just a, a, a simulation. simulation. Yeah. yeah. Well, that one's a tough one to rule out. So yeah, <laughs> I keep seeing these uh, like articles like, oh, scientists rule out that this is a simulation. Yeah, you can't rule that out. That's crazy. Yeah, that would be in the simulation. Yeah. To <laughs> have scientists saying it wasn't a simulation. That's I feel just... like the only people who say things like that that's ruled out is like somebody who's like never tried mushrooms or something because there's no like <laughs> one thing that can teach you is that anything could be a simulation there's yeah. philosophically there's no escape from that you yeah. know it's just like look if there's if somebody has a like a really advanced alien iphone glued to the back of my visual cortex you don't know anything like I'm, you can't i mean i could have you ever heard of solipsism uh, I've heard the word, but I don't know what it means. That's where you... Look at, look at you coming in here with your hey. fancy GD words. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's where you think you're the only... Uh, conscious Conscious thing. being. Oh, that happened And that everything is just like... Nightmare. Around, like, is for you or something that you create subconsciously or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which is like a thing that I held on to from like th the, the age of 13, mm -hmm. maybe for a while. Because I just... I never understood how you could be thinking something on your own. Uh -huh. You know, like, why wouldn't I be able to hear those thoughts or experience those thoughts? Or, yeah. or, like, individuality kind of escaped me. And I was like, oh, well, this is just, this is just me. 
Mm-hmm. Everything is just me. Yeah, people with uh, Asperger's kind of have this. Issue. Hey, maybe that's uh, maybe you have it. Maybe that's what's. <laughs> maybe that explains everything. <laughs> that's hilarious. Are there any more cool science um, stories? Let's see. Uh, well, no. <laughs> that's it. That was the. That was the. See, big that's one. the problem. Science is boring. Yeah, science is boring. And uh, <laughs> you only come up with one cool thing a week. And usually when we have one cool thing, it's like the person who worked on that. So, uh, but you brought up the gravitational waves and I brought up my paper and what does, uh, what does finding gravitational waves mean for us? Anything? Does it uh, matter? Well, it means that Einstein was a lot more right than we already knew he was, which is good. Um, <laughs> it means the black holes are real. Um, that's pretty much without a doubt now. Einstein um, said that, uh, like most of like like genius mm-hmm. was just hard work. Like he he said like the reason he was so accomplished in in the in physics was because he just thought about it more than anybody else. And I just want to say that's the dumbest thing that Einstein ever said. <laughs> Because I could sit and think about that shit all day long and just leave with a headache. Like he 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 understood things way more than any any regular person ever could. So I mean, brilliant in f- physics, but maybe not the smartest person ever. Okay, here's a. Um, I think that is the dumbest thing he's ever said. Although he, you know. He used to. He lived around here, actually. He used to like hang out with. The, His, he's got grandchildren that live in Santa Monica or Malibu. Mm-hmm. Like he used to go to a country club not too far from my house here. And really, hang out with like yeah Hollywood people and have parties and everything. Um, he, probably he probably said dumb stuff. There. He probably said it just to make regular people not feel as regular. Be like, nah, you could do what I do if you wanted to, and then they can just walk right around and be like, yeah, man, I just don't want to. Like, well, but he also he did he was a bad student, and so he felt he that he, was, he wanted people to realize, and I think that helped me grow up because I was a bad student when I was a kid too. Um, I think that helps a lot that he's like, look, just because you're being told you're not always the best person in your class doesn't mean that you can't grow up and do the things. Look, I tried to use that excuse with (laughs) why I got my GED. Uh Like, oh, it was just boring. It wasn't challenging enough. Uh I was. That's not true. But is it pronounced biopic or biopic? I always. (laughs) It probably changes if you're you're from England. So there's a biopic. Well, I guess it's a mini (laughs) series, really. But the Einstein mini series that was on Mm -hmm. by uh, Ron Howard did that, right? Yeah, I think it was called Genius. Yeah, I think that's Ron Howard. They they kind of go into him being a bad student, and it wasn't because he was not good at what he was studying. It's because they were wrong. And he had these other theories that he was trying to present. And the teachers were like, no, this is what you're here to learn. And this is what we're going to teach. We're not going to. And he was like, well, that's just not right. You know, so. Well, yeah, but that's that's helpful to find out that that's true. I mean, that happened to me sometimes. Like I mean, he, sometimes I just didn't do the work. But I mean, other times that really was like I would protest if I was doing something I knew was bullshit. Like, really? Yeah. I got in trouble in high school because I. Are like, you uh, a genius? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. How does that in my feel? Own, very humble. It feels like uh, that I sound like an asshole when I get asked. No, man, I think it's. But like a lot of like, what level of genius uh, it are be, you? Well, I don't know. I'll let history decide that. 
Oh, dude, like this is amazing. I'm like hanging out with a genius right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I have a PhD from Caltech to publish papers, but, um, that, you know, that's not everything. That I was, doesn't make every, that doesn't make life happier. That's I was, one, uh, sure. published in a S3 magazine one time. It's a <laughs> sight, sound, it? and, uh, so it's, it's a car magazine. And uh-huh. I just, uh, wrote about the difference between people who were into, imports and people were into muscle cars mm-hmm. and how we should all just kind of like get along and enjoy each yeah other. that's why i wanted that's, so we're that's why this same. kind of thing is so important yeah you know you published like, in you journals and stuff yeah, and be, I was, being I got my magazine article being smart is a lot like being well no i, I don't even think it's like being rich it's like it doesn't make you happier in fact i know a lot of really smart people who are extremely unhappy and so you got to because both. they're not rich yeah <laughs> You gotta, you gotta be rich gotta be, right. to be happy. Yeah, you gotta pick two out of three. I stand to be strong happy. on that one. I, I don't know if Monica talked about it on on the episode, but people who say that money doesn't bring you happiness have never not had money. Well, they they've studied it, and that part is true. What they mean is, once you get over like fifty k, you make your basic in the U.S. Yeah. different for other countries. But once you get over a certain like base income. And you can take care of yourself, then it stops not making. Mm-hmm. Happy. That's not true. That's not true. Either. That is not true. Because there's, if, a, there's if, a nice movie that you guys I should had... check out called uh, Happy. Uh, it's a really good movie. Check yeah. out that movie. It talks about that. It talks about like interviewing people about happiness and the diminishing returns of wealth because it does make people happier. It just doesn't guarantee it. Well, you know, like... I can guarantee it right now that if I was rich, I would be so fucking happy. <laughs> You, that's awesome. I think you, here's so I had this idea for a game show called GEDs versus college degrees or GEDs versus PC. That's great. You, we need that. to we need to do this. GED versus college degree. Yeah. I like that. And we can come like we can we can workshop it. I don't want to like give too much away because someone will be listening and then they'll steal the idea. Uh-huh. Someone but, in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> but, but there's a big comedy scene. I wouldn't doubt it. But we need to workshop it. Stay tuned, people. For our upcoming game show, GEDs versus college degrees. That sounds awesome. Because it's kind of like what you're saying, like bringing things together. Mm -hmm. And there are just like amazingly like obvious things that smart people do not get. Yeah. And I, because I hang out with like, you know, my life is mostly nerd. Now I hang out with a lot of comedians, but for most of my life, hung out with just nerds. And they can be like amazingly oblivious sometimes, like yeah. the smartest people in the world, and you they just don't know. Go into things like like popular singers, popular like TV show. Like you got people with PhDs who are constantly working in the field that they're working in and getting knowledge, and then you have like people who don't learn stuff, but they know everything about like pop trivia. So like I think like you you could like have a really and then also there are people who like me who are really good with like mechanical things mm-hmm. but then like an like, algebraic if you equation had, like, yeah if you had like intuition questions like I said some scientists or, just amazingly have no intuition or like practical applications like all right the first one who can change this tire let's <laughs> like awesome. go, yeah mount yeah. a TV onto the wall without it falling <laughs> off like like have like real cha- and then and then another one would be like solve this basic algebraic equation and i was just like ah shit all right let's i'm calling in the lifeline i don't know that sounds awesome i love that idea i i tried something new today i said um i asked twitter to send in a questions and i got a question what yeah that's awesome (laughs) you have listeners uh, this is working yeah um so this is from uh darwin hannon 
and uh, they asked, "What? When does free neutron decay? I guess this is related to my uh, paper, which is great. I love that people would read my paper that said it a question. Um, so, uh, why does it occur? And do free protons decay? As far as we know, and I will answer that. Um, so, <laughs> why don't you let me take this one, Kevin? <laughs> What's I your best guess? Let's I start with your answer, then I'll do mine. <laughs> I don't even remember what your paper was about. I'm going to be honest. It was so confusing to me. It's, uh, you know, I've told my mom like probably a hundred times. And she she that's, can't even repeat the title. That's back great, darling. <laughs> You're such a smart... I always said you were such a smart boy and you were going to do something great one day. I just don't know why you're fooling around with that podcast. <laughs> With those vulgar comedians, you you can do so much better. That's my impression of your mother. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, but but you're a good boy. You're a good boy. Okay, she tends to sound a little more confused. What was the question? Let's read the question. Question was: uh, Free neutron decay. Why does it occur? And do free protons decay? As far as we know, because Lincoln was not going to allow neutrons to be enslaved anymore. And that is why they are free. Uh, all right. So the the so neutron lifetimes matter. The neutron the neutron <laughs> proclamation. <laughs> oh God. All right. That was pretty good. Uh, my real. Am I close? Uh, sure. <laughs> what is what is free Do- neutron decay? Okay. So free neutron decay is when a neutron by itself, mm-hmm. a single neutron. Yep. Normally, they're bound up in nuclei. Everyone knows that. Yep. yep. So, nuclei, the heavy nuclei inside of an, an atom mm-hmm. has protons and neutrons. Um, but Where are the electrons? The electrons are like in a big cloud way outside. Those are negative charged yep. particles. Yep. Bingo. Protons are positive and neutrons right. are obviously neither. Right. In fact, the reason a, a neutron star <laughs> is so dense is because all those electrons get crushed in and turn everything into neutrons. Okay. So, why does free neutron decay happen? Well, the main reason it happens is because they weigh more than protons. That's the main reason. Okay. And so uh, the other reason, though, is that inside they're made of quarks. They're these little particles that we've discovered in uh, particle colliders, like the one in, you know, the ones that smashes yes. things together. The, uh, the um, I know the name of it. It's in... Large Hadron Collider. Hadron. Yeah. Yeah, not hard-on. Hadron nope. yeah, that's Collider. That's always a... <laughs> <laughs> that can ruin any... The uh... large hard-on collider. That's what I call my penis. <laughs> hey, all right. Making it fun again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, I, was, I, I was told by a guest that they wouldn't be on the show because there are too many genital jokes. That's an exact quote. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I'm telling you, it's hard to mix like fun and comedy and science. I mean, it is, is a balancing act. It's well, a lot like everything. I mean, comedy's the same way. It's a balancing act, too. Let Neil deGrasse Tyson know that I'm apologized for using such vulgar <laughs> jokes. Maybe he'll come on eventually. So, uh, inside these quarks, there's there's different types. A neutron is made up of two down quarks and one up quark. Oh. And a proton is made up of two up quarks and one down quark. And what actually happens when a proton... Uh, when a neutron decays, is that one of the quarks switches type. Okay. And it switches from a down quark to an up quark. And when it does that, it gives off an electron. 
And so it becomes positively charged. The electron flies off. It also gives off a neutrino, but let's just ignore that for the case of this. Okay. Um, and when it does, so so then the electron flies off, and you now have a proton left over. I feel like I should be taking notes. <laughs> so the only reason this can't happen the other way, though, I mean, it could, except that protons weigh less than neutrons. Okay. And they, a proton weighs less than a neutron specifically because a down quark weighs more than an up quark. And so one process can happen, and the how other one pounds, cannot happen. How many pounds is a? How many? <laughs> how many pounds is a a, a neutron? <laughs> how many pounds? Oh, uh, it's one amu. There's actually a unit for that from chemistry. Yeah. How do you? Well, you you gonna put it? It's put, by definition. You gonna though, put so. a neutron on a scale? Like <laughs> you count them, man. Like, Avogadro did that. That's a good. Have you heard this Avogadro's number? Uh. Uh-uh. Um. Yeah, it's just the number. It's like how much of a gram. It, basically, it's that. It's like how much does a damn proton weigh? That's Avogadro is the first scientist to figure that out, and you figure out how many protons you needed to weigh one gram, and it's like huge. It's like ten to the oh, I used to have this memory. I don't know, ten to the twenty-six, something like that. Oh, it's like ten. I quit breathing with... for a second there because it just like it's ha- a lot. How does he count that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, so this can't happen. The point is, they're very close to the same mass, but one weighs a little bit less than the other, and mm-hmm. it can't go the other direction. Um, you can make neutrons from protons, but only when they're bound inside of a nucleus, and that's because then there's extra energy to like to convert one to the other. So there's that answer. Who? What? What nerd asked that question? <laughs> Darwin Hannon. <laughs> Uh, and I, got, I got one for you real quick. I'm, I'm looking it up. While you're looking it up, I can tell you this funny story. Please. I don't distract you. Okay, so there's this new trend of rich people, to, I guess, to buy like young people's blood to try and reverse Alzheimer's disease. It's like a real thing, I guess. Um, but there's a new study that says uh, don't bother because it's not working. So I don't think it's going to stop people. But what? I'm sorry. So there's some trend. People were hoping that uh, that blood from young, healthy people, I guess, like smart, not Alzheimer's blood, would reverse the effects of Alzheimer's or at least slow it down. And a new study uh, seems to think that will not happen. And there's companies trying to push for this as a treatment, but um, you know, I doesn't I, seem to be working. I actually so. I have a a. a a, a, an interesting thing about how to prevent getting Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. uh, and that's: uh, Are you left or right-handed? I'm right-handed. All right. So throughout your life, just occasionally do things that you would normally do right-hand. Do them left-handed. Mm-hmm. And there is a study. I I, I can't quote it, uh, but it's if you if you use your left hand, like it 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 like activates parts of your brain that would normally I guess kind of go stale. And that, that, like, throughout time will help prevent Alzheimer's from setting in. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sure there's a scientific story. Okay. It's like the stranger. I want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I'll just ask you this. All right. Go and, for it. And maybe you know what it was called. But it was, what is the smallest measurement or the smallest thing measured that we know of in existence? And then compare that to the size of the universe and then... The width of a hair is the midpoint between those two things. 
Um, so what is the so the smallest thing that I know of that we measure is a neutrino, but it's a little weird to say that it's small because it's like size isn't well defined at that scale. But yeah, but there but it, a neutrino is in theory really small because it weighs almost nothing. I I read and this th- it's like. Uh, yeah, I would say it's almost that kind of ratio. It's something like its smallness compared to the width of a hair is about the same as the universe compared to the width of a hair. That is, that is, <laughs> I don't understand that. Do you un- like? And we don't is- even know how big the universe is, by the way. We we can only see the boundary of it. There's like a horizon, but it could go on forever. We don't actually know the universe. Yeah. There, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that it doesn't just keep going in all directions, which is either awesome or depressing i read like um like kind of the reason like if you measure like how the universe is expanding it does make it look like earth would be the center of the universe Mm -hmm. but that is because of the way it expands no matter where you measure it from it would appear that way exactly yeah so when we look out we see this horizon in all directions and it's it's the same distance in all directions but that's just because yeah everybody to their to everyone's framework, they are the center of the universe. It's just like this is there's a great example where you do like a balloon, you inflate a balloon. Yeah. Put a penny it, on a balloon. Yep. And then you just you inflate it, and it's like the the actual center is the part in the middle, but nobody can go to that part. But right. the, so But from the penny's perspective, it's all going. Yeah. It, they it, just one for, penny sees the other penny going it, away, yep. and then the other penny sees the other going away. That's and this horizon comes from the fact that if they're far enough away and one looks like it's going the speed of light, you can't see it anymore. What is harder for you to to picture, l- largeness or smallness? Um, like in that a successful comedy career. Is the- <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let me yeah. tell you, I am right there with you. Yeah, <laughs> like I can almost like visualize an infinite. You know, like I can almost like kind of picture some of that scale. I think this is what I do. I was going to be a scientist is when my, my dad told me that the universe was infinite and I, like I started crying. <laughs> this is so wow. upsetting. Really? <laughs> I, I think I got like my uh, like brain hurt because I you, started visualizing it. And it just made me feel so like six or seven. You had an existential like crisis, had an existential crisis at seven years old. At seven years old. Yeah. For and, me, I get that, right? Like just going on uh, and on and on and on. It's so fine. upsetting, though. It doesn't bother me. But when you talk about like atoms uh-huh. and things that are so small, or like the fact that when I'm squeezing my fingers together, they're not really touching. There's like a zillion, yes. Like that's that doesn't make any sense, uh-huh. right? And like, I'm more comfortable with that end because that's what I work on most of the time. But, but, but like to say like the width of my hair is the the midpoint of the smallest known measurement mm-hmm. and then the ex like the expanse of the universe like mm-hmm. that's what but here's here's what happens if it's if it's uh goes on forever this is gonna really upset i'm gonna make this upsetting <laughs> if you go on far enough you can do this calculation where just by random chance random chance so not like a parallel universe or anything if the universe really is infinite at some distance, and we can compute this distance. Mm-hmm. There's just a nearly identical Earth where there's a there's a Kevin and cool. a Mitch having a conversation, and it's almost identical. And that upsets me more. It's like just because this is just happening. Everywhere, no, it's that's like so weird. if you throw a bunch of monkeys, 
Mm-hmm. What what is that that theory? Like if you put a bunch of monkeys somewhere with monkey typewriter theory, and no, eventually they'll come out name. with all of the works of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. like word for word, page for page, it would happen eventually. Right? Well, it doesn't like, make you upset though. No, no, because but small stuff. Because does. that's just chance. <laughs> Another exciting idea that sometimes people talk about, I don't think that it's true, but like, what if the infinite goes in, you know, like what if inside of every electron, it turns out there's a whole other universe and inside of that, there's another universe. I feel like there was like a show on HBO or something years ago where it was like these aliens playing marbles Uh or something. And then like it would zoom in on the marble and it would, that would like be the, the universe and the solar. And then it was a Tim Burton movie. I don't. Uh, I think I remember a Tim Burton movie ending that way. I don't know, but where they zoom out, it's like the galaxies in a marble. Or that might have been something like uh, Men in Black, but basically, like to, maybe it wasn't Men in Black. To, to think that, <laughs> but that's kind of like us just being a, a simulation too. You know, like this could just be. There's a point where you can't falsify it. You know, it's just like maybe it's true, maybe it's not. You can't do anything. Do but you... but to go on like that infinite thing, that just means that in another world, there's also one where Mitch is very successful. <laughs> and I'm happy for that guy. Like that's the that's the one I wish I would have been in that one. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, I think like infinite infinity is cool. Yeah. Like there's a GED uh, Kevin out there for sure. Like, that's <laughs> that's definitely there's no that probably was more like I've never <laughs> I've never asked someone if they're a genius and they just respond with such such confidence as <laughs> yeah absolutely and i believed them uh well i've had people tell me they were geniuses before and i've been like no yeah. there's no way but no, i used to i used I to see be a little the, you have a book behind you called genius so i believe you <laughs> yeah. you obviously know what a genius That's is how you know you right? read about it <laughs> although i do get concerned when your books go from calculus to algebra like why do you still need the algebra book that's funny so the reason is because is that your kid's book no this is a this so this is a funny thing algebra gets harder again there's actually hard algebra i, I mean maybe, this, I, this happened with my maybe aunt. for you uh, genius, i was telling but... my aunt i was when i got to caltech i'm like oh i'm really excited i'm taking algebra and um my aunt didn't go to college so she's like she went to um community college and she was like, "Oh, me too." The funny part was that that was, she was taking the one I took in high school, yes. and I was taking the advanced algebra one. No, algebra is really hard. It's like uh, it's got group theory. It's got solving uh, all sorts of fun problems. It gets really hard. I so, like game so theory. These, yeah, that's cool. Too. I think that's uh, interesting. <laughs> I just gonna throw out a theory that I heard of one time. So like, <laughs> so yeah, like high school algebra, they they just call it algebra. But then there's this other one called algebra. Then it got even worse at Caltech. The hardest algebra class was called Introduction to Algebra. Oh, <laughs> that and was you're, the hardest. You're thinking, I got <laughs> like, this. I already did they, one and two. Sometimes they do that. They like they they keep renaming it to be simpler and simpler of the field that it's in for because it's always like i think the egos involved or the professors is always higher so they're just like no this is just introduction oh you've just started (laughs) you know you open a door and it's like there's eight more doors i all right i i imagine can i just ask you real quick what's framed behind you there oh yeah this is great so so kip thorne uh was my professor Yes, and he. Everyone knows Kip he, Thorne. Yeah, and he. Well, he he was the executive producer of Interstellar. Okay, and he also just won a Nobel Prize. Chris Nolan's uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he helped write that, and he did a lot of the 
the science forum. That's why it has all that black hole time travel stuff. Okay. That's all stuff that he came up with. Awesome. Or, and other, you know, other scientists did. And he studies Einstein's theory of relativity. He's, he's pretty well known for that. He used to be friends with Carl Sagan. Um, what happened? Why? Oh, did Carl Sagan died? Okay. Yeah, I okay. knew that. <laughs> I, I thought he might have slept with his wife or something. Like, what? Why aren't they? Why weren't they friends anymore? But <laughs> it, happen, he just died. Got it. Okay. <laughs> he kept it on the DL if that was true. Um, so, you know, it's just you got it, academia. You don't. <laughs> you don't get. It. They go into your background. Or you get a uh, Nobel Prize anyway. So then he also worked on this gravitational wave discovery. And he got a Nobel Prize for that. Wow. And so he gave me this this test. When I took his class, I was a really bad student. And uh, so I didn't do all the homework. So the rule was you have to do a written test with them if you uh, don't finish the homework. So to my surprise, he like hand wrote it. And so I caught it because I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be famous someday. I mean, wow. he's already pretty well known. And what's hilarious is the two problems he gave me is one is on wormholes. Yes. And the other one's on gravitational waves. <laughs> and so I put like uh, the... Um, I put a frame from Interstellar. On this there. is amazing. And I, I framed it once Interstellar came out. I was like, "This." Have is you like had the him on the podcast? Day. Yeah. Did, yeah. I had him the day they he, found out. He didn't, he didn't sign tell it? us, but I uh, maybe I'll get him to sign it. Oh man, yeah. you got to game. That's that's so cool. And what what did you make on this test? Uh, what was your he, grade? He never gave it back, but he said I passed. So these are actually for the class are pretty easy problems. Oh okay. So. But it's so cool that they just have, he's like, if there's one thing you need to get out of this class, it's the plot to Interstellar <laughs> and why I'm going to be known for gravitational waves. But great. that's what I loved about having him as a professor. He was thinking, of, he was just, he knew this all was going to happen. Yeah. He might be a time traveler or just really smart. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Mitch, thank you for being on the show. Thanks. I want to have you back again because I didn't ask anything about politics or Iraq or anything, and I want to get oh, into that too. Sometime, that's boring. So. <laughs> we talked about asteroids. <laughs> right. That's the good stuff. All right. Uh, is there a way people can follow you? Mitch yeah, Burrow. Uh, Mitch Burrow on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and then you can search for me on Facebook. Uh, Do you have any big shows or tours you want people to see? <clears throat> um, November tenth and eleventh, I will be at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. Sweet. And uh, that's it. You can just go to my website, MitchBurrow.com, and then check, click on the calendar for upcoming shows. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.